0: This is A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. I'm Jeff Milo, and today on the podcast, we have Lisa Scotolini, number one best-selling and Edgar Award winning author of 33 novels. Scotolini has over 30 million copies of her books in print in the United States and has been published in 35 countries. And she has a new one out today called Eternal, which we are going to be talking about. This is her first foray into historical fiction and it is epic now let me just tell you a bit about this new book before we're joined by scottolini over the course of her stellar and prolific career she's been writing page turning legal thrillers and her novels have always explored themes of family justice and love but eternal is the culmination of a lifetime of work it's a sweeping historical epic fueled by devastating true events Named for Rome, the Eternal City, this moving novel lifted from the pages of history is the book that Scodellini was born to write, and the powerful truth that it asserts is that what war destroys, only love can heal. This book is set in Rome back during the 20-year span of time of Mussolini's rise and fall. Eternal centers on three characters, Elisabetta, Marco, and Sandro, who grew up as the best of friends despite their differences. Elisabetta is a feisty beauty who dreams of becoming a novelist. Marco is a brash and athletic son in a family of professional cyclists, and Sandro, a Jewish mathematics prodigy. He's kind-hearted and thoughtful, the son of a lawyer and a doctor, and their friendship blossoms to love with both Sandro and Marco hoping to win Elisabetta's heart. Now, their relationships are changing as is the world around them in the autumn of 1937. Mussolini asserts his power, aligning Italy's fascists with Hitler's Nazis and changing the very laws that govern Rome. As anti-Semitism takes legal root and World War II erupts, Sandro suddenly can't finish his studies. And Marco, who takes pride in his work at the local fascist office and hopes to rise in the party, realizes that these laws are destroying his best friend, but isn't sure where his loyalties lie. Elisabetta, abandoned by one parent and orphaned by the other, tries to make ends meet as her country crumbles around her. The Nazis invade and occupy Rome, perpetrating new atrocities against the city's Jews, culminating in a final horrific betrayal. And against this backdrop, the intertwined fates of Elisabetta, Marco, Sandro, and their families will be decided. So this is a story unfolding over decades. It's a saga of loyalty and loss, Family, love, hate, identity, and food, culture, art, all set in one of the world's most beautiful cities at its darkest moment. And Scottolini has been researching the Italian Holocaust since her undergraduate days when she took an intimate year long seminar at the University of Pennsylvania, which was taught by the late Philip Roth, which we discuss in our chat. Her background as an Italian American, a lawyer, and an adjunct professor at the University of Pennsylvania Law School fueled her interest in this subject. So, this book, Eternal, is out now. And this is our chat with Lisa Scotolini.
1: You're Jeff. I'm Jeff. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy to do it. The the actual library. That's so great.
0: There are books behind me. Yes.
1: (laughs) I've been to so many. I've done so many of the Great Lakes Festival so many times and I love it up there. I've been to Michigan a a bunch of times for the library system. It's such a good system.
0: It it might be one of the happiest places to live, frankly, yes.
1: It really, Uh, really is. Oh, you're so lucky and great.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to dive right in. And I love this book. It was magnificent. So, bravo. Um, Thank you. What a feat to pull off. So many things here of the historical aspect, building these characters. Everything came together so perfectly.
1: Oh, how kind of you.
0: Yes. And I was going to ask, I was going to start. This is a book you've been... Kind of wanting to write all your life. Uh, so, what was the what was the creative process like for this? Uh, if it if it if you were maybe conscious of that sort of personal significance, were there aspects that made it more fulfilling because of that, or more challenging because of that?
1: You know, both, all of the above, you're absolutely right. And thanks for having me. I love this library system. So it's so great to speak with you. Yeah. Um, you know, what? really, I've had this idea brewing since college. I don't even want to tell you how old that is. I'm old enough to get vaccinated. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I took a course with Philip Roth at Penn and he introduced us to the works of Primo Levy, who's an Italian chemist who actually survived Auschwitz and went on to write an incredible memoir. Mm-hmm. And now for like, I think it's like 40 years, sadly, I've been wanting to tell the story because I learned about like so much about the Italian Holocaust from Primo Levi's books mm-hmm. and from Philip of talking about how important they were and how it wasn't well known enough. And then I sort of learned about this event that happened in Rome, which was awful and horrifying. But I thought I've been to Rome and never knew that. Right. I talked to my friends. No one ever knew that. I'm like, what? And then I thought, well, gee, you start to read more. And this is over decades of research and going why is the Italian Holocaust so downplayed to a certain extent? Why don't I know this? And all of my books, maybe I'll make this higher. All my books are about family and love and justice in one way or the other. So I think it's to some ways it's a departure for me in that there's, but the truth is to me, it didn't feel like much of a departure. It felt like something I've wanted to do my whole life. (laughs) And I wasn't getting any younger. And I said, you should freaking do this. And, that's eternal.
0: And that didn't add any in t- intimidation factor. This, this No, wit. it added joy. That's great. It added joy. That's great.
1: I'll tell you what the intimidation factor was. That, Listen, I've written about all of the, every thriller. It comes from the heart, and there's issues of justice. And you're talking about murder. There's a gravity. And I'm not, I don't have the bodies pile up. I see the bookshelf behind you. you know, it's so wonderful. I have you know, usually one murder, and it has import. And I said, this is interesting because you're gonna deal with the Italian Holocaust, which is war crime, Mm -hmm. murder writ large. Mm -hmm. What happened in Rome was a war crime. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I was doing the research, I talked to a lot of experts and read everything Mm -hmm. and bought every book and got into the library. I just loved reading about it. But I remember one guy I spoke to, I said, you know, why was this not ever, why didn't this get like the Nuremberg global trial treatment television cameras? And he said, Nobody wanted another Nuremberg. And I was like, that makes me mad
0: mm-hmm, because
1: mm-hmm. no n- murder should not go unpunished or at no. least unaccounted for. No. And so I was like, here I am. You know, you're like, I used to be a lawyer. What can you do when all where is justice when all of the perpetrators are gone and all the victims are gone? And what can you do mm-hmm. now? You know this and you can't unknow it mm-hmm. and you want other people to know it. So all you can do as a storyteller is tell a story.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so that was an intimidation factor. I wanted to do those victims justice.
0: Let's talk about what it was like to delve into the subgenre of historical fiction. As the writer who would normally be propelling her characters through plots and circumstances and culminations of maybe your own invention, you were now going to write and build characters who had a destiny and an outcome influenced by something not of your control, not, not to mention something so profoundly harrowing what was that right
1: well you know see you're so smart but you really but that would have been the smart approach to the book but what i did was i said you only know one thing you know what happened in october 1943 in rome Mm -hmm. which you never knew before Mm -hmm. so they don't know it that's what's so great about uh, reading a book and writing one right Mm -hmm. you go you're going to be a young girl falling in love for the first time thinking about your first kiss and your first bra like her experience with her first bra was mine like people are like you need a bra and now they're like you need a problem. Like, I don't care. <laughs> How to trivialize historical fiction. Right. But I, I said, you need to personalize this mm-hmm. and just let her live her life. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, fascism takes hold. And I started to understand Mussolini invented fascism. Right. There's so much I learned in this book. Right. And you go, why does fascism take hold? Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta understand that. These characters, when this book opens, it's not obvious at the outset, but they are in in fashion, they're fascists. They're going to fascist schooling. Mussolini was the first to come up with the youth groups. Mm -hmm. Hitler imitated Mussolini, Mm -hmm. not the other way around. Right. And so, right. So I want to understand that and I need to communicate that. So just be these characters. I've been characters my whole life. Mm -hmm. That's my job. So I go, all right you know envision them what are they're just people growing up and then all of a sudden this happens i go does that matter does this matter this creep. should i worry about this well they're young people they're not really worried about that except for elizabetta who's the heroine right it's really a love triangle really Mm -hmm. you know she's in love with her two best friends they're in love with her how are we going to do this they're just living their lives truly and that's right and that's when bad things happen you're just living your life you know what Should I be paying attention to this? What do I do about this? Oh, truly. They have to go through it.
0: You you allow us to live in Italy and get to know these people and get to know their families and be in their restaurants and all this beautiful stuff for, for, you know, the first maybe third of the book before the heavier stuff starts happening. But then it does happen, Lisa. And what struck me about this book and you portrayed it well is that these laws come in and it's almost like a switch goes off because- in Italy, it's not like there was any sort of uh, negative feelings towards Jews, but these laws right. come around. So tell me about writing this book, uh, how I was inspired by your background, not only as an Italian-American, but also as a scholar of law.
1: Well, you know, it's so interesting. You really, everybody, I like a story. Most stories are about identity. Who are you? What are you? How does that change over time? Yeah. Oh, here yeah. I am. I write thrillers. Well, now I turn 65 and I want to write historical fiction. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, you're allowed to change your identity, whatever you want, right? So, what do you identify as? Oh, you're an Eagles fan, or whatever. So, I was starting to e- examine really what was interesting. You make, you're so correct in pointing that out because Italy Jews were very assimilated in Italy, right? right and right. Rome is interesting to look at because when I started to do the research, I learned that here, we know that Rome is the seat of Roman Catholicism, but it was all it is also the location of the oldest continuously existing Jewish community in Western civilization. Right. I was like, what? And the weird thing is, is they're across the river from each other about a 10 minute walk from St. Peter's to the so-called Jewish ghetto. So you're like, wow, that's kind of mind blowing. And then you want to start to, so then what happens in Italy in the thirties is that Jews join the fascist party Mm -hmm. because the pitch in fascism was ultra nationalism, you're great because you're Roman. We we were the glory that was Rome. We took over the whole world and they did. Right, And also that we believe in order, law and order and God knows who doesn't. And so let's business, pro-business, all that kind of stuff, <laughs> this is, right? Yeah. So you need to understand why that is attractive to people and that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. And you start to go, all right, what happened to Jews in Italy was that they joined fascism they, and they were completely assimilated into Italian society. So the mayor of Rome was Jewish. So it makes the betrayal when Mussolini is trying to flip-flopping. His mistress was famously Jewish. And also nobody thought anything bad would happen to Rome because they sort of regarded the Vatican as protecting them. Right. Like who's gonna bomb Rome? There's St. Peter's. Well, in the end, both the Allies bombed Rome and the Nazis bombed Rome. So it's really not a great calculation. You know? Oh my god! And so, <laughs> damn, I hate. That. So so you really have to really think about. You know, this betrayal of Italian Jews, because as you correctly point out, which I hadn't known before I did the research, and it's all told in the book, um, that these barrage of anti-Semitic laws take away every last vestige from the Jews, their profession, their property, and ultimately their Italian citizenship. Mm -hmm. So it's the fascist party membership first. And then if you're Jewish, you're not Italian. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to show that one of the character's fathers really goes through that. And that his identity is taken. He has to likewise, Marco, who's a character in the book. What is my identity? If I am a fascist, what is my uniform? Am I my uniform? Yeah. Who am I?
0: This book becomes so much about identity now that now that I see it. My goodness.
1: Well, you're so kind to have read it. I know you work really hard and I appreciate
0: it. Well, we have time for one more question. I guess I wanted to move into uh maybe a lighter a lighter side of things this is you know historical fiction and uh, uh obviously this book requires a lot of research that's a word that might sound tedious it's suggesting drudgery and less reading but i have to imagine some aspects of this book were fun did you get to make some exploratory visits to italy during the creative process
1: i did i did the whole i ate my way through i just i, <laughs> do, I have do have to go at 9 30 but okay. i can answer this fast i and, you know, what I really wanted for this book, Hemingway famously said, um, write drunk, edit sober. <laughs> and I don't write drunk. I, I'm not that, you know, I'm not a big alky, but really you you have to put everything in. So what I really wanted in the in the first draft was this book to be imbued. Like I wanted to, and as you say, I'm Italian American, so I have tomato sauce kind of in my veins. Like I wanted the book, I wanted you to know where you were on every page. Mm-hmm. And that's the editing. You can take out a lot of the stuff, unfortunately, the great research stuff, but you want it. You want the reader to feel that sense of place and time all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And what a great book for all of us to be reading when it's getting to be springtime and summer and, in, you know, this.
1: Right. I wanted you to be transported.
0: Very much that's so. what,
1: Look, I love libraries and I love reading. And the great thing about book is I always think it transports you, but not away. It's really Ann Beattie says, a novel is a unified consciousness. I think of it as a soul. Mm-hmm. So if you read Eternal, you're you're in, you're in my soul mm-hmm. and I'm in yours. Mm-hmm. That's the bond mm-hmm. that readers and authors have. Yeah. Whether you're talking to them or you're reading them.
0: Well, this is a beautiful story about families and identity and also tragedy and also a history lesson. So a beautiful job there, Lisa Scordolini. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast.
1: You are so, so sweet. I'd love to talk to you longer anytime. Call me up.
0: All right. Take care, Lisa.
1: Thank you. Love to all you guys.
0: And that was our chat with Lisa Scotolini talking about her new book, a work of historical fiction called Eternal. And author Lisa Wingate gave this review that this book delivers fast paced intrigue, but also an authentic tender coming-of-age tale of three best friends navigating the complexities of fascism, war, and romance. And it is quite an epic story. And we were so pleased to be joined by Lisa Scotolini for this chat on this podcast. We thank you for joining us too to listen. This is A Little Too Quiet. It is the Ferndale Library podcast, brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. We produce episodes weekly right here in-house. In the Ferndale Library, my name is Jeff Milo, and the music, as always, coming in and out of this podcast is by local musician Chad Stocker. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it to social media or tell a friend. If you've been listening to us for a while, remember to rate, review, or subscribe. And once again, thanks for listening.